Welcome to the Life After Sugar podcast. The podcast that's not just about sugar, but about your relationship with it and also with food and especially with yourself. So if you want to discover your life after sugar and hear inspiring stories from all kinds of people who also cut out sugar in their way, at their pace, for their own reasons, this is the podcast for you. Because you know, when you take away the sugar, you can finally discover the real sweetness in your life. I'm your host, Netta Gorman. And in this week's episode, because it's coming out on December 31st, I thought I'd give you a little insight into the ups and downs of my own sugar-free life over the last year. Because it's not a perfect journey, and I certainly am not perfect, and I never claim to be. Just because I don't eat sugar, that doesn't mean that I'm perfect. And I have my own challenges that I want to share with you in this episode. But first, I just wanted to tell you that if you're looking for some free resources about how to get rid of cravings, then I have plenty for you. First, download my five tips to get rid of cravings. And those five tips may not be what you think they are. So go to aftersugarclub.com and download your five tips today. And come check out the Life After Sugar Facebook page and subscribe to the Life After Sugar YouTube channel as well as my Instagram account at mylifeaftersugar which is where you'll get all kinds of inspiration so that you can see that it's perfectly possible to live a happy and active life, even if you don't eat sugar. You can also check out my TikTok account at netta underscore life after sugar. Okay, so I'm a bit nervous about this episode because even though I don't claim to be perfect, I think I'm affected by other people's perceptions of me as being perfect or as being some kind of role model or even some kind of sugar-free unicorn. And that's a lot to live up to. So my first disclaimer is that I'm only human and proud not only of not being perfect but of being at a stage in my life now where I'm not even interested in being perfect. Yes, I've been guilty of perfectionism in the past, including as part of the diet culture and this kind of black or white vision of how we are supposed to be and what we are supposed to eat or not eat. It's almost as if when you say that you're sugar-free or that you're public about it, like I am here on this podcast, it's almost like You're supposed to be some kind of spokesperson, not just for sugar-free living, but for being perfect about it. And, well, quite frankly, I'm not interested in all of that. What I am interested in is showing you that it's perfectly possible to live a joyful life without eating sugar, even if, as I often say, real life happens whether or not you eat sugar. And real life happens to me too. 
And that includes the ups and the downs. Now, nothing particularly bad happened in my life in 2023, but there were challenges both out there, in other words, in life in general, and in my head, in other words, how I reacted or related to what was going on. For example, we usually see the new year in with my family-in-law and we get together and we have a fantastic spread with all kinds of yummy things to eat. Now, at the beginning of my life after sugar, back in 2015, when I first cut sugar, sweeteners and flour, and it was my first holiday season sugar-free, that was a real challenge for me. I'm a fun-loving party girl and I had a real case of FOMO, which is the fear of missing out, which is really the perception about missing out. For me, it felt like if I didn't have the traditional desserts that I'd always had all my life at Christmas time, then it wouldn't be a real Christmas and I wouldn't be able to be really happy. Now I know that's just a perception but it felt real at the time and it may feel real to you too. So what I did is to find a whole bunch of sugar-free recipes to mimic the desserts I'd always enjoyed, like lemon squares and after eight mints, you know, those little thin wafer mints that I'd always eaten at Christmas, but of course that are super sweet. So I found non-sweet recipes to recreate these types of treats. So I mimicked those dessert type recipes the first year. But this is my ninth year sugar-free and last year was my eighth. And I don't need to make those recreations anymore because I've had time to look at life differently to reframe how I see celebrations and sweet tastes are not part of those celebrations anymore. For me, I mean. Over time, I managed to train my taste buds to get used to less and less sweetness to the point where now sweet tastes actually taste bad to me. I try to keep away from them. And that really helped me not to need to recreate desserts. And that's when I began feeling free from sugar and cravings. That feeling of not needing or wanting sugary types of foods that's what really set me free. And, well, it's no longer a challenge for me to find yummy things to eat, even if I'm not the one preparing them. So now it's easy for me to choose things like smoked salmon, cheeses, cold cuts, guacamole, nuts, olives, salads, and veggies and dip. Although, as I say, in my first year or two, I was nervous that there was nothing to eat. I say in my first year or two because I had no guidance or help in all this and I didn't know anyone else who was sugar-free like me and I felt pretty alone to try to figure things out. So it took me a while. And don't compare yourself to where I am now because as they say, don't compare your chapter 1 to someone else's chapter 20 or in my case, chapter 9. As I say, in my first year or two, imagining what was left to eat was a real challenge. 
and I've been talking about sweet tasting foods. But after the break, I want to tell you about my ups and downs, especially my downs, with salty, crunchy foods, which don't actually exist in nature. In other words, there aren't any real whole foods that are salty and crunchy, especially not crunchy in the way that the brain craves crunchiness. I'll tell you about my challenges with chips in just a minute. I just want to take a quick break to say that if this is your first time here, then welcome and thank you for listening to this podcast. And whether you're new or a regular and you haven't yet rated or reviewed this podcast, could I ask you to scroll down and tap on the stars to rate this podcast and also to write a short review to let me know how this podcast is helping you in your life after sugar. And when you rate and review this podcast, not only does it encourage me to continue making new episodes, but it also helps to share this podcast and have more people see it so that we can help more people feel better and lose weight with less sugar. So again, thank you for rating and reviewing this podcast and for spreading the word about sugar. You remember right at the beginning of this episode, I told you that I'm not perfect, right? Well, I'm not. But I also think that correlating what you eat or don't eat with whether you're perfect or imperfect makes no sense. I invite you to reframe that whole correlation because in my humble opinion and in my eight plus years of experience of living life sugar-free and craving-free, for the most part at least, I finally let go of this whole diet culture way of relating food to my own internal worth. We do it to ourselves so much, don't we? I used to do it when I used to weigh myself. If the number was down, I'd feel good about myself. If the number was up, I'd beat myself up for it. And now that I'm in my 50s, not only have I got rid of the scale and stopped weighing myself, but I did it because I was fed up of equating my weight with my self-worth. When I let go of sugar... I let go of beating myself up about my weight too. Anyway, what I was going to tell you about is my sometimes complicated relationship with crunchy, salty things. I say things rather than foods because necessarily what's crunchy and salty is usually ultra-processed, highly palatable products engineered by the food industry to make us crave them, like chips. Now, the weird thing with me is that there's only one flavour of chips that really gets me craving them, and that's salt and vinegar. Don't ask me why, but the other flavours just don't do it for me. And most of the year, I was able to just not think about salt and vinegar chips and therefore not buy any. And when they weren't in my house... I didn't even think about them. 
but there were a few times during the year when I just felt like I couldn't cope with particular feelings or emotions and the first thing that I felt like turning to was salt and vinegar chips. Now, I'm not ashamed to say that even after all these years, I still get that kind of knee-jerk reaction to turn to food when I'm experiencing difficult or uncomfortable emotions. I mean, it happens much more rarely than it used to, but it still happens. I mean, I'm not a robot, and even though I teach coping skills, I still need practice myself. There were plenty of times this year where I felt frustrated, angry, hurt, rejected, stressed, or in need of reward. And several times my immediate thought turned to salt and vinegar chips. Whether it was just because it was Friday night and I'd had a long and tiring week, or whether I'd had a fight with my hubby and I just needed something to make me feel better, or whether my teenage daughter got my goat and I needed calming down. And a few times, yes, while I was at the grocery store, I bought a bag of salt and vinegar chips. And every time, I would finish off the whole bag. Does that make me imperfect? No, I think it makes me human. But the bottom line is that even after all these years, and even after having developed lots of other coping skills to deal with my uncomfortable emotions, sometimes I just didn't feel like making the effort, even if the effort was relatively small. And ironically, it actually took just as much, if not more, effort to find the chips at the store, to wait at checkout, and to stand there in my house and finish off the whole bag. Not to mention dealing with the after effects like the bloating and, well, my digestion. I mean, it only happened four or five times this year, and even though I regretted it every single time, I still did it again. So, in case you're thinking that Netta, the life after sugar girl, is a hundred percent sugar free or processed food free a hundred percent of the time? I'm not. But what I can tell you is that over the years, I've developed the capacity to bounce back to my normal, which is eating real whole foods, a lot faster, without spiralling down into a binging episode or beating myself up about what I just ate. And that is part of the freedom that I talk about. That skill of developing resilience and self-care. Not perfection, mind you, but being able to get back to normal faster and more easily and redefining what your normal is. And I do realise that that's easier said than done. And look, it's taken me eight years to get where I am today, so it's a slow and often messy process. At least it was for me, because I was trying to figure all this out all on my own. But the feeling of freedom 
is so worth it. And these years of experience have taught me other coping skills than reaching out for food, especially sugar and salt and vinegar chips in my case. And that's what I teach inside of my 12-week program, Freedom from Cravings Formula. I say formula because, as I mentioned before, it was a slow process for me and I struggled all on my own. But you don't have to. With my teaching experience and my years of experience actually living sugar-free and craving-free, without being perfect about it, well, I took this experience so that I could help other women just like me get rid of cravings, slim down and finally feel in control around food. And we do that in my five-step formula inside of the Freedom from Cravings Formula program. The program opens a few times a year and you can be part of our exclusive group the next time the program opens. How? Well, you can't join until we've had a chat together to determine whether the program is a good fit for you. And to do that, you need to book a clarity call with me at no cost by going to aftersugarclub.com and clicking on the big green button to book a clarity call with me. That's when you'll be able to tell me your story and your challenges so that we can see if the Freedom from Cravings Formula program is a good fit for you. That's aftersugarclub.com. That's it for this week. Keep in touch and see you soon for another episode.